everybody. Today is a great day. You are listening to the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast, and I am your host, Abigail Cole from Abby Doodle Productions Videography. On this episode, I talked with Samantha Reese from Samantha Jean Photography. She has been a photographer for about 10 years. She lives with her husband, her two cats, and her dog. Um, she loves Harry Potter, and um, the coolest thing of all, she's on a roller derby team. Uh, she plays with the Black Rose Rollers, which I just think is so cool. So today we talked about the wedding timeline, and more specifically, the portion in the middle of the day when you're trying to get photos of your family and the bridal party and just the couple as well. So we kind of talk through some of those logistics and what will work best for you. So let's jump right into my conversation with Samantha. Hey, Samantha, we are so glad to have you. If you just want to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Um, So my name is Samantha Reese. I have been a photographer for almost 10 years now. Um, When I first started, I was more focused on seniors and families. And then I would say about Four to five years ago, I had this shift, um, and I really got into wedding photography, and I've been doing that ever since. Awesome. So today we're going to talk a little bit about um, the timeline of a wedding day, but more specifically, the kind of weird jumbled part in the middle where everyone's trying to get their picture taken. So um, if we want to kind of start with family um, and how that dynamic usually works, is there kind of a recommendation you have about how to deal with immediate extended um, family portraits? My best recommendation is to stick to your nuclear family when it comes to what we call your family formals. Those are your posed in a specific location. Usually at the altar where you got married is where we tend to do family photos, but you should definitely stick to your nuclear family, which would be your parents, your siblings, and your grandparents. Um, When you get out of that nuclear family into your more extended family, it takes a lot more time. There's a lot more combinations and it really takes away from your time for photos with just you and your new husband or wife. Um, and it takes away from you being able to enjoy your cocktail hour as well. Yeah. So is that usually happening before or after the ceremony? Typically after, um, most of the time your family members haven't arrived to the ceremony site early enough to get those done beforehand, unless you've specifically planned for that. Um, So typically the family photos do always take place after the ceremony. Okay. So if we're not doing, you know, crazy extended family, is there usually a better time to sneak those photos with like all the aunts and uncles and grandparents and all that stuff? Yes. The reception always has plenty of time for you to get photos with that more extended family that you do still want to have photos with, but you don't want to take away more time from your couple's photos. So there's always going to be time for those photos to happen. It's just not during the formal portrait hour. Gotcha. Um, So when it comes to the bridal party, then, um, do you have recommendations on um, where and when and how and like all those arrangements? I know bridal parties um, greatly differ between sizes. (laughs) So if possible, I highly recommend getting your bridal party portraits done before the ceremony, not as a full bridal party of like groomsmen's, bridesmaids, bride and groom. Um, but you can get like your bride and your bridesmaids photos done. And if you have a second shooter included in your package, you can also get groom and groomsmen portraits done as well. Um, it's just one of those things that if you can get it done beforehand, it saves time afterwards, but also usually those photos take place right after you've gotten ready. So you're looking your freshest and everybody looks wonderful. Yeah, that's a uh, that's that's one of the reasons I recommend first looks because everything is like fresh and new and then you can just bang everything out. Um, but yeah, but even without that first look, you can kind of do both sides individually and then do them together later. Right. And depending on the time of year that you get married, um, 
God love brides that get married in the summer because <laughs> I'm a total wimp and I hate the heat. And if I do my hair in a hundred degree weather, it stays done for like 10 minutes. And then I just look a sweaty mess. Yeah. So if you're getting married in the summertime, highly recommend a first look because you're going to look beautiful and wonderful. It's going to be before the heat kicks in. Um, and it makes a big difference in how your portraits turn out overall. Definitely. And like you said, you, you get to enjoy your cocktail hour if you do a first look. <laughs> right. Which is where, where all the best food is. We know that. The cocktail hour has the best snacks before you finish the meal. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, and then sort of like the third part of the, the portrait time is just with the couple. So um, what are some of your thoughts on just the couple photos? I think that a lot of times people don't realize how much time you want or need for those photos. Um, in a perfect world, I like to have at least 30 minutes with a couple, just the two of them. Um, however, I would say on average, I typically end up with closer to 15 minutes with the couple after family photos, bridal party photos, um, and just, you know, the hustle and bustle of that. So as a photographer, I've really learned to kind of be quick and snappy when it comes to couples photos, but the more time we have, the better. Mm -hmm. Do you have some sort of method for having your couples be really comfortable in front of the camera once we get to that point? I include an engagement session in all of my packages, oh, and I include it as a complimentary item. Um, so basically, if a couple says, oh, well, if you take that out, can we save X amount of dollars? The answer is no. Mm -hmm. um, I think that engagement sessions are so, so important because it is uncomfortable being in front of the camera. I, as a photographer, as soon as you point a camera in my direction, I'm like, what do I do with my hand? <laughs> to do right now. So an engagement session is so important because it's kind of a trial run for the wedding day. We can go through a couple different poses because I tend to use prompts. Um, so I'll kind of introduce them to those prompts and explain to them like when you go in for a kiss, you need to use your hands because if they dangle next to you, like, you know, you look ridiculous if you're kind of like hanging to your side. It doesn't yeah. look instant romantic. Um, so the engagement session is where we can kind of get all the jitters out. We can go through the different poses and kind of get you acclimated to being posed. So when it comes to time on your wedding day, if we only have 15 minutes to do it, we can just get right to it. And you know what, if I ask you to do something, then you know exactly what I'm asking you to do beforehand. When it comes to your couple's portraits, it is important to consider your couple's preferences as well. Um, some couples feel wonderful in front of the camera and they love having their photo taken. Other couples, not as much. Um, so it is important as a vendor to make sure that you have your client's needs and wants at the forefront when you're making timelines. Um, if your couple doesn't like to have their photo taken, maybe only 15 minutes is what you need to get the most that you can within their comfort level. Um, yeah. If you have a couple that loves to have their photo taken and is so into it, you can try and plan for more time. But if if that's not what your couple is into, you have to respect their wishes as well. Definitely. Um, so I would love for you to also talk a little bit about maybe your editing style. Um, they differ so much. And I think some people may not realize that you could be super bright or super dark or, I mean, between the color and the lighting, there's a lot to look at. <laughs> so I was wondering if you want to tell us about your style and then maybe, um, you know, what else you've seen in the wedding world. Sure. Um, so I like to call my editing style cleaning classic. Mm -hmm. I try and stick to true colors. Um, there are a couple different styles that are really popular right now. I would say light and airy is very popular, which is yeah. I tend to err more on the side of light and airy, where your image is like your whites are very white, everything is bright. 
Um, however, with light and airy, one of the things that you will notice is a desaturation in the greens. Mm -hmm. uh, so other than light and airy, there's dark and moody that tends to be pretty popular mm -hmm. um, as well in terms of style. There's so many different styles for photographers. Um, I would say the three like big categories that you can kind of lump things into is light and airy, um, true to color, and then your dark and moody. So when you're looking at portfolios, take a look at the colors and the images and see what it is that stands out to you. If you really like those dark, rich tones, then maybe you want to go with a photographer who edits more dark and moody. If you really like that bright, light color, then you want to go with someone who's more light and airy. So just make sure when and you're choosing a photographer um, that you're not just looking at maybe the posing that they do because you there's so many different things that go into a photographer style whether it's yeah, the way yeah. they work with light it's their posing it's the way that they edit so you just want to make sure when you choose a photographer that you're taking into consideration all of those things not just one thing that you love about them because nothing breaks a photographer's heart more than when they send you your gallery and you're like I love them all can you edit them differently mm taste it breaks a photographer's heart because they pour their heart and soul into the way that they edit and when you don't love that um it's a real bummer yeah yeah and another thing I preach in particularly for um, photographers and videographers is that you like the person that you're working with because the, we're the ones that are going to be with you all day long like it's one thing if your cake decorator you know is just dropping off the cake and if you don't really get along that's totally fine but um you know you have to work with us all day long and deal with us in your face and telling you what to do basically um so I think it's really important that you jive on a personal level with your photographer and videographer um so yeah I just wanted to throw that in as well I completely agree. And it's funny that you say that because my workflow when I book a wedding is that I get an initial inquiry, I we email back and forth, and then I always set up an in-person consultation. Um, there have been instances where that's not doable because I have booked weddings for people that don't live nearby. Um, if we don't do in-person, then we do Skype. Um, but I tell everybody that I talk to that the person that you're going to spend the most time with on your wedding day, other than your new spouse, is me. Yeah. So you have to, you have to like me. Yep. You have to love me, but you have to be able to tolerate me for eight hours on a day. Um, and I have had couples who we've met who said we think you're a very nice person, but our personalities don't jive, and that is one thousand percent okay. And I've had the same feelings when I've met with couples where I'm like, I think you're wonderful. I don't think that we we mesh on a personal level. So I don't think that I would be able to capture your day the best that I could because of that difference. Um, yeah. So I, it's so important. And one of the things that I also do when I have a consultation is I don't let my couples book on the spot because I do think that it's sometimes hard to say no in person. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when I meet with a couple, I tell them that I will send over their paperwork once the meeting is over. So they don't feel obligated to go with me because I have put the time and effort into meeting them in person. Um, my husband is really terrible with that where he, you know, if someone walks up on t to him on the street and like tries to sell him something, like he's a sucker and he'll totally buy it. <laughs> Me. <laughs> Hard to say no. Um, and I don't ever want someone to have chosen me as their photographer just because it was difficult to say no in the moment. Yeah, I love that you do that. That's so smart. Um, and we as wedding vendors have built ourselves, you know, this incredible network. And we know that our style isn't going to be for everybody. And there's so many different styles out there. Um, and in building this network, you know, if we're not going to be the best fit for a client and they're not going to be the best fit for us, we have these resources to pull from to refer people to find them their best fit. I totally agree. And one of the things... Um, 
I use a second shooter who has a very, very different editing style for me. Hmm. She is much more on the dark and moody side, whereas I tend more towards the lighter side. Um, but we shoot similarly. We both really like that like raw emotion. And I think it's great to have a network of people that do things differently than you. Because whenever I get inquiries who send me examples of photos that they like and they don't line up with my style, I have someone right away that I trust and I know will do the best job that they can. Um, and I can send over that reference immediately and be like, look, my style doesn't mesh with what I think you want. Try Rachel. She's wonderful. Um, her style is going to be more in line with what you're looking for. Yeah. Awesome. Um, great. Well, I like to end every episode with something kind of a little bit uplifting or maybe your favorite part of the job. So if you would share that with us. I think my favorite part of being a photographer is the connections that I've made with my couples. Um, I feel like most of the couples who I've worked with, I've really gotten to know on a personal level and we still keep up with each other. Um, I follow all of them on Instagram. I keep up to date with like their their comings and goings when they have, you know, exciting news to share. So I think it's really wonderful to not only get to capture someone's wedding day, which is a very important day, but also to have formed friendships and bonds with those people as well and like really be invested in their lives. Definitely. Um, yeah, I've heard from a lot of wedding vendors lately that that's like a thing they're really trying to work on is like being so personable and really connecting with their couples. And in implementing that myself in this past year, I found so much growth there and it's just so much more fun to, to be and uh, be at a wedding and, and film a wedding or photograph a wedding when you like know them on a personal level and you're celebrating with them. Um, and that's, I, that's so important. So I love that. Um, and then how about a pro tip for the couples listening? I would say make sure when you're hiring your vendors that you're hiring someone that you have 100% faith in. Because um, like we talked about today, your photographer and or videographer will work on your timeline with you. You have to trust that photographer to know that they're going to utilize your time in the best way possible. So make sure when you're hiring people that you do vibe with them, that you trust them explicitly, and that you feel confident in their ability to do their job. Um, I know it's hard, especially for brides on a budget, and I 1000% empathize with having a budget. Um, but if you decide to spend $500 on a photographer that you don't really like and you don't really trust, was it really worth it in the long run? Yeah. Um, yeah. You have to make sure that you really have faith in those vendors that you're hiring because that day is very important. For sure. And, um, and not redoable. <laughs> And then how about a pro tip for other wedding vendors or other photographers listening? I would say to constantly be growing and learning um, because the wedding industry changes yeah. so quickly. Um, and in that respect of, you know, asking brides to hire vendors that they have faith in, you know, do your best to be the type of vendor that someone should have faith in. Mm -hmm. um, make sure that you're constantly diligent with your business and that you're growing and learning and doing the best that you can to be the best vendor that you can for your couples. Love that. That's awesome. Um, and then just let us know where people can find you. So you can find me on Facebook under Samantha Jean Photography and Design, and you can find me on Instagram at Samantha Jean Photo. Well, thank you so, so much for chatting with us, Samantha. This has been awesome, super helpful, and um, it was a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. It was great. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. You can find Samantha's links in the show notes to her Facebook and Instagram and hop on over there and show her some love. We're on Instagram at DMV Wedding Pros Podcast. If you want to comment on her post, let us know what you loved about this episode. And if there's anyone else you'd love to hear from, shoot us a DM. 
If you're on Apple, you can leave us a rating and review. Let future listeners know what they should expect and why they should tune in. Until next time.